The Midwest Film Nerds podcast is now available on Stitcher Radio. Download the free Stitcher Radio app from the Android and iTunes app stores to start streaming our show today. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Willie. And I'm Nick. Today we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching and then we're going to do a full review of Spike Jones's Her. But before we get to that, um, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. That kind of stuff. Follow us on Twitter at MFN Podcast. And um, please review and rate us in iTunes and on the Stitcher Radio app. But, uh, yeah, that's about it. So, what have we been watching? Willie, what have you been watching? Um, I watched Captain Phillips, which I know has been talked about before on the show, but I was not here for that, so you're going to hear about it again from me this time. Um, Captain Phillips, I enjoyed Captain Phillips. I wasn't, um, I wasn't quite as on the edge of my seat as you guys had talked about being during the movie, and I think part of that might have been that I saw it on, like, on my couch, you know? Yeah. And I think there's a difference between that and being uh, in a theater, because I think being in a theater is kind of an, it doesn't matter how many times you've been to a theater, it's not familiar, because it's not the comfort of your own home or not as yeah. familiar as your couch. So I think that can add to the, uh, the effect of something being unnerving or, or whatnot. And, but I, I did enjoy the movie. I don't, I guess I don't, um, I don't think the story itself, I wasn't terribly interested in the story itself. So I guess I didn't really have much of a, you know, I mean like zero dark 30 going into that, I guess. And not that the two are that similar, but zero dark 30 going into that, I think was a more, I was more interested in the story behind that than I was about, the Captain Phillips story. So wasn't quite as into it as I wanted to be, but Fair it's enough. a well-made movie, and I, I did enjoy it. Um, I like, uh, I can never say his name, uh, the gentleman who plays uh, the, the lead Somalian pirate music. Barkhad Abdi. Yes, thank you, Barkhad yes. Abdi. Yeah, he's cool. I like him. I want him to play like, uh, I don't know, maybe a comic book villain or something at some point. He should be the leader. He kind of looks like the leader. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I watched that. I watched um, a movie that was just released um, on Tuesday called Bad Milo from the Duplass Brothers. Um, it's got uh, Ken Marino and uh, Peter Stormare and uh, Ken and uh, a bunch of other really really cool people in it. And it's 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 very funny. Um, the basic gist of it, I don't want to say too much, but the basic gist is that uh, Ken Marino has a uh, devilish little creature that's living in his colon that emerges from his butt to kill people that Camarino is not happy with. <laughs> so he's got to get it under control. And uh, it's it's really funny. It actually reminded me of like a really raunchier, uh, gross-out version of a movie like Gremlins or something. You know, okay. it kind of had that yeah. vibe. To it. it almost had a weird, like, sweet, sentimental, like, 80s kid meets alien movie vibe too. Like the billion <laughs> ET clones that came out, but like for grown-ups. I don't know. It was Gosh. it was very fun. Um, and not really not that I mean it's super juvenile in the sense that there's a, a monster coming out of his butt but it's yeah. actually you can look past it because it's so funny and, and and the reactions from people around him about what he's going through are really funny especially uh, uh, Peter Stormari or Stormari or whatever the hell his name is uh, very funny very very funny he's like the butt demon expert so nice, <laughs> nice. Like, like the role he was born to play um, <laughs> but uh, no that was a lot of fun I think anybody that has any interest in ridiculous comedy should give it a shot um and then i i watched a, a little gem i haven't watched in many many years uh masters of the universe with uh dolph lundgren and uh the 
amazing scenery chewing beautiful man uh frank langella he's uh god anyway um before i gush about him no i just i i want to say that actually masters of the universe is not a bad movie it really isn't it's actually a really well-made movie and it's 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 perfect for what it is it's like a fun like i actually would put it instead of like comparing it to maybe comic book movies of that time there weren't many but there were a few (coughs) or comparing it to like uh to big sci-fi epics of that time. It's almost more like a children's fantasy film, it feels like. It feels more something like in tune with, like, Neverending Story or, yeah. like, uh, Labyrinth or... I don't know. I always, like, lump it in with those ones. Or Legend. I don't know. It just feels like it fits more into that uh, that kind of group of films. And I... It's really... it's a it, it deserves a rewatch because, yes, obviously the fashions and the hair and everything is hysterically dated at this point, but... It's it's a fun movie and it's pretty well acted overall. Like even even uh, Dolph 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 is a perfectly great He Man. I mean he really is. He's doesn't have to do a ton, but he's He Man. I mean he just flex and swing a sword and <laughs> say I had the power at the top of his. It's perfect. Um, and Langella is 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 an absolute joy to watch. And wow. I I can't say enough how much I love this. Is like one of his favorite roles he's ever taken. It's like my favorite thing in the world. Um, and yeah, no, it's. Give it, a, give it, a, give it another watch if you like see it. If you're looking for something to watch, I think it's on Netflix and stuff. I'm pretty sure. Probably. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, give it another watch because it's like a lot of fun and and it's honestly a great way to like just kick back a couple beers and like watch it on a Friday night if you don't want to go out. It's perfect. I have never seen it, so yeah, you should check it out. It is. It's it's yes, it's, it's ridiculous, but it's a lot of fun. And actually, like the effects are actually pr- still pretty uh, pretty cool too. Like the one of the big. The MacGuffin of the movie is the Cosmic Key, and it's this prop that has, like, these weird rotate. It looks like a synthesizer mixed with, like, a gauntlet mixed. It's ridiculous. But it's really cool, like, and, and it still looks good today. I'm like, damn, that Cosmic Key, they're making it work. And, uh, and, and the makeup effects are pretty cool, too. Some of the creatures are actually, like, they still hold up. I'm like, damn, like, this reptile dude looks amazing. I mean, I, I could see that same makeup in a movie today and, and, and believe it, so... Yeah, totally worth a rewatch. And if you poop on this movie, I don't like you as a person. It is a sweet movie. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Nick, what have you been watching? Uh, as mentioned on the end of year <clears throat> top ten, I saw Inside Lewin Davis. Snuck it in just before the year ended. Uh, I don't have much to say about it now because I did talk about it then. Um, I, I liked it a lot. It's cool. After some some heavy thinking and stuff like that, I, I did enjoy it. It's a very it's very nice to look at. It's very it feels very authentic. It feels like an old worn record cover you pull out of like your parents' closet or something. That's the way the whole movie feels. And uh, I thought that was neat. Yeah. I wonder if the Coens will go back to using their their go to guy Roger, or if they'll stick with whoever shot this one. Bruno Delbanel. Who it is. Yeah, it'd be interesting. They'd um, shot stuff with Bruno before. They did like a short for New York, I Love You, or whatever it was. Maybe I don't know something, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that was good. Liked it. Uh, lately, I've been watching Luther, the English television copper drama starring Idris Elba. I don't know if it's BBC or not. I, I think, think so. It is. I don't know if England has any other channels besides BBC. <laughs> I think it might just be that. Um, <clears throat> There's like 10 BBC channels. Yeah, it's channels. like BBC 1, 2, 3, it's 4. Like ESPN here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Ocho. Uh, and it's very good. 
I like it quite a bit. It's something that I've this has been sitting at the bottom of my Netflix queue for like two years, and I finally got around to it. And I'm really glad I did. Uh, I know season three just wrapped up in in the UK a little while ago, uh, and I'm excited to get a hold of that and get cracking on that. It's a very cool show. I think uh, it puts something about a lot of English shows, and I'm, I'm sure they have their fair share of crap too. But their their cop and like mystery and like detective shows are so much better than pretty much everything I've seen come out of come out of the states, with the exception of like The Killing for actually having an atmosphere, and uh, it's just great. Idris Elba is really good. Uh, he creates a really compelling character. A lot of the Cases are pretty straightforward. It's not like Sherlock where you're just baffled at how how yeah. is this happening and you're just as confused. Like a lot of times the answers are pretty clear, but watching him, a guy who wants to get outside of the confines of the law, try to operate from within it is pretty cool because he's always fighting with this side of trying to take, trying to cut corners and find little sneaky ways around things. And uh, it's, it's fun to watch him interact with everybody else because they all respect him as a cop, but at the same time he doesn't follow the rules very much, which yeah. sounds like so cliche in the type of movie that Patrick Swayze <laughs> would have been in. But it's uh, <clears throat> it's great. And uh, I think that's all I've been watching, really. All right. Well, speaking of cop shows, <laughs> I have been watching a television program on the home box office network known as true detective oh with uh with matthew mount Mount mcconaughey and uh and woody uh woody allen (laughs) no that would be a show very different show (laughs) um the whole series i think is going to be directed by carrie fukunaga and um at least the first eight episodes this first season it's a very interesting show. It's super, super, super pretty. It is, it's gorgeous. Like, one of the prettiest things I've seen come out of HBO. And, um... It's interesting. I, I don't want to... I don't really want to say much about it, because I don't know how much is actually out there, and how much people actually know about it. I went into it relatively blind, other than knowing that McConaughey and Harrelson were in it. Um... But... It's let's just say they play with uh, with kind of time period a lot and and McConaughey feels like he's playing two completely different people in these time periods okay. and I think it's very interesting. Um, it's got that kind of slow burn to it. It's kind of I, I watched the first two episodes and uh, I'm still kind of waiting for for the story to really grip me, but the characters for sure are are very interesting to watch. Okay. Um, Harrelson and, and McConaughey work pretty well together. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Worth checking out. Two episodes have aired so far out of eight total. <clears throat> um, trying to think of what else I've been watching. I saw 47 Ronin. <clears throat> I meant to do a uh, do an audio boo, but it didn't happen. It's pretty good. In the sense that it's fun to watch, but it's not—it's nothing crazy. I wouldn't like rush anybody out to see anybody out to see it. But if you like Keanu Reeves and if you like kind of Japanese culture and folklore, then I think it's definitely something worth checking out. Um, I wish it wasn't quite as—it feels really bastardized, like uh, to have all these Japanese actors speaking English. It's kind of strange. Like I personally, I would have rather watched a two-hour subtitled movie, but. Clearly, that doesn't 
sell well. However, this movie didn't sell well say, anyway. As well. <laughs> so yeah, they kind of might as well. And I heard that they uh, they filmed everything in Japanese and then in English to kind of familiarize all of the Japanese actors with each other. But I don't know. It's, it was a weird choice. I I would have rather had it all be Japanese. But it's fun. It's fun enough if you're if you're interested in that kind of thing. But um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Anything else? I just want to say I think it's interesting that McConaughey went... Not that it... I mean, HBO is kind of the top of the heap, but I think it's interesting that McConaughey decided to do a series. Like, that's... I didn't expect that from him. And I always enjoy yeah. that when, like, a, like, an actor makes a career choice that I, I don't see coming. I kind of like that. Like... Because, I mean, he's at, he's on this, like, renaissance right now. We've kind of mentioned yeah. that before. Like, I mean, he's... I mean, you know, commercially insanely well he's done commercially like his movies are doing really commercially well and like critically he's doing really well he's kind of a darling now and yeah so it's it's a little surprising to me that he's doing that um which but i like it i appreciate it i think it's cool yeah it's i i think the show's a good opportunity for him to branch out because mm-hmm. this is certainly not a kind of character that we've seen mcconaughey in before mm-hmm. and so it's kind of it's really cool that he's doing that um but no, it's it's all the people involved in the show are really good. Uh, Michelle Monaghan plays Woody Harrelson's wife; she's awesome. Um, there's the girl who's in Percy Jackson, who's quite Alexander attractive. Dario. Yeah, yep. Star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Yep, yeah. But yep. she's really good. Every like everybody involved in it's really really good. The the soundtrack the the score is really really haunting, okay. and it's it does a good job of kind of. You know, making you squirm a little bit when you're mm-hmm. watching the show. Um, it it's not really going for like the gruesome kind of thing. Like it's it's not a lot of those kind of procedural shows. It's not really a procedural show, but shows like that like to be like, oh, look at this crazy crime scene. And while there is there is an interesting and different crime scene in the front, the, the show isn't loaded with like, oh, here's all this gross stuff. Yeah, so here's, far here's disgusting so far. things. Yeah. Yeah, so that's nice. At least they don't try to gross out viewers for the sake of doing it. Because I think a lot of those shows do tend to like crime scene investigation shows tend to be kind of nasty. Just for the, like what horrible thing can we come up with today, guys? Like in the writers' yeah. room, it just I don't know. They they tend to try and like one up each other every time. It feels like yeah, and I should say it's. I suppose I could say a little bit more about the plot in the sense that it's kind of um, basically. Uh, almost 20 years apart they're kind of focusing on the first case that that uh that harrelson and and mcconaughey were put on together and for some reason you're seeing both of them get interviewed separately in modern day and then it flashes back to like them actually on the case and like that kind of stuff and it's it's interesting because at some points, it feels like the people that are interviewing them, the the cops that are interviewing them about these cases, are focused on the actual case. But at other times, it feels like they have ulterior motives, like they're really trying to figure out more about the two of them work together, mm. working together, or maybe even just McConaughey himself. So it's it's going to be cool to see it kind of unravel, to see why they're yeah yeah to see mm. like what the what the motive behind these interviews are and how how it's going to play out and. Uh, who knows? Maybe season two like won't be there won't be any kind of past component to it at all. I don't know. Is this is this intended to be 
like a series with multiple seasons, or is it just supposed to be some sort of like limited like? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not entirely sure. I saw something out there about like an anthology series, so maybe we're going to have like different people throughout each. Maybe it'll be more like American Horror Story. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, American Horror Story. It'll be weird. detective-based stories with different maybe. characters. Okay, that'd yeah. be interesting. So that'd be sweet. We'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. But it's so far it's. It's quite interesting. That's cool. It's very cool. I would check it out. Uh, anybody who has access to HBO should uh, do so. For sure. I really want to watch it. I'm on a big crime kick right now, so yeah. obviously. <laughs> Killing and then Luther. Yeah. So, yeah. I might check it out pretty soon. I'm also going to start watching Hannibal pretty soon. Yeah, I really, really, really want to watch Hannibal. That's, that's working its way. That's, I'm a couple days out from watching that one. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, I forgot. I've been watching The River, too. Got to talk about that. We got four minutes left. Oh, God. <laughs> oh god only four minutes if uh if anybody can identify what quote from what tv show i just paraphrased uh <laughs> email it in and i'll send you a prize there we go boom off the cuff promotion um oh god only three minutes 44 <laughs> seconds uh the river was a show from 2012 starring Bre- bruce greenwood and produced by uh spielberg and oren pelly of paranormal activity fame he directed the first one uh, right yes <clears throat> yeah, and basically the gist of it is Bruce Greenwood plays this like beloved TV star, kind of a Steve Irwin type guy, but a little bit more of an explorer than an animal wrangler. Uh, and he vanishes into the Amazon, and six months after he's declared dead uh, or presumed dead and and gone, his wife <coughs> wrangles together a group of people to go looking for him, like his okay. son, his estranged son, and like couple people from his former crew and it, it's neat because it reveals stuff about the characters in like in like tape form like from former old interviews and also with him from old interviews his character and um it's a little cheesy at times the, the paranormal activity mechanic is actually pretty brilliantly used in the show they they find a pretty pretty hilariously authentic way to explain it where you're just kind of like eh, all right i can't i can't crap on it <laughs> uh but sometimes it gets a little corny. But overall, I kind of like it. I, I'm, I really like like in real life. I like the Amazon a lot. I think it's really interesting. And when I was a kid, my dad had this game that was like the Oregon Trail, but it was on the Amazon. I think it was called the Amazon Trail, <laughs> and it was really cool. And I was just always really intrigued by what a creepy, dark, like insanely weird section of the world it is. So when I heard about the premise of the show, I was like, all right, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And I kind of dig it. It gets into like some weird uh, hoodoo type stuff, but. I like it. It's cool. Uh, it's not very scary. There's a couple little tiny creepy parts, but really, if you've ever seen a scary movie before, this show won't scare you. But it's kind of neat to see what they're going to come up with. And some of the characters are really good. <clears throat> it also stars uh, Paul Blackthorne, a.k.a. Quentin Lance of Arrow fame. Awesome. And he's full full British in this. <laughs> and uh, he's great. He plays like the kind of snide producer of the TV series. It's great. Is he British? In... Yeah. Oh, wow. In real life. Well. Um, he's really awesome on this show, too. His last name is Blackthorn. Oh, that's true. I didn't catch <laughs> With an that. E at the end. <laughs> ye old Blackthorn, ye shop, ye. I like your dick. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, I, I kind of like it. It's only eight episodes, so you're not going to be pissed if you start watching it and be like, I've wasted all this time watching. You'll probably want to finish it like like I do. And, uh, you know, because it's not very long. But I kind of like it. I so kinda, you haven't finished it yet? I'm uh, No, I have two episodes left okay. to go. And uh, <clears throat> I, I'm curious to see where it ends. 
I don't know if I'll be happy that it ended where it ended or if I'll be like, oh, there should have been more. Because I kind of feel it coming to a close. Yeah. So I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily if it ends after eight episodes. But it gets uh, it, it gets interesting. The the episode that's finally like there's one full episode about Bruce Greenwood's character and like where he's at. That one was really cool, and I was like, ooh, finally like some payoff. But you're not like waiting five years to get it. <laughs> so it's uh, it's neat. I, I would recommend it if you get if you're like, eh, why not? A couple episodes, see how you like it. All right, I think that's about it for what we've been watching. So we'll move right into our full review of Spike Jones's Her. <clears throat> Uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Amy Adams, Scarlett Johansson, Olivia Wilde. Um, the synopsis on IMDb. Yes, and Chris Pratt, of course. First and foremost. The synopsis on IMDb says, A lonely writer develops an unlikely relationship with his newly purchased operating system that is designed to meet his every need. (laughs) (laughs) Nick just winked, just so you know. Hardcore. (laughs) All right, so, Willie... How did you feel about her? Uh, um, who? Her. Oh, her. Okay. Yeah. Um, if anyone can identify what TV show that quote is from. <laughs> there may be another prize involved. <laughs> He's not going to promise it this time, but there might. This be. one's a lot easier. Um, her is the scariest horror film I've seen all year. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. There are a few schools of thought you could have when you watch this movie. And I mean, when you really not, not erase everything going into it, sit down and watch the movie. I think it's an important movie to see. I'll start with that. Actually, no, I started with the other thing about the horror movie. <laughs> but um, there are a few schools of thought I think you go, could go into this with. If, if you're looking at this movie as a, <clears throat> a, a, like a, a kind of a high concept, what makes us human, what makes, you know, what is love? No, let's say what is love. But what is love? Can it can it exist between? Does it can it only exist between two people? <laughs> I know I, I couldn't help myself. You know, I'm just gonna have to insert just yeah, a second just, of it right when you say what is love. What is love? <laughs> um, but w- when you look at it from that perspective, I don't think it quite hits the mark. When you look at it from the perspective of kind of an offbeat romantic story, a la Harold and Maude kind of thing, I don't think it quite hits that mark. When you look at it as a cautionary tale. It totally hits the mark. <laughs> it's, it, it, and this is just this is just how I. I mean, I, I walked away from this movie being more scared than anything else. I. It's if if the intention of the filmmakers was to present a very true take on how close we are to this particular vision of the future, it's absolutely spot on, one hundred percent awesome. Because we're <laughs> not too far from this, um, and it's. A horrifying concept to me like the whole thing just <sighs> seeing somebody like we, we we all see people now glued to their cell phones i'm guilty of it we've all been guilty of it at this table everybody listening has been guilty of it at some point i'm sure i, I mean i mean going to like i went to a family get together i haven't seen all these family members in a long time uh, about a year back and they were all on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. We weren't talking to each other. We were sitting, like, I even looked up for myself and, and went, oh, my God, like, what's going on? <laughs> Everybody's sitting in the living room on their cell phones. That's sad. Yeah. Like, I, mean, it's, I don't think it's any secret to anybody who's who's paid attention to the world in the last, you know, five years or so. But we're becoming so addicted to our own technology, like, 
we cannot pull ourselves away from it. Like, it's terrifying. Nick is on his cell phone right now as we're recording this. <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. Just think about that for a second. I'm not, calling, I'm not calling you out, Nick. I'm just saying. It's interesting. It's, I'm just I'm scrubbing through my, my notes briefly to see what, <laughs> what we've had in common. It's, it's interesting. So. It's, it's very uh, – I don't know how to feel about this movie. I really don't. <laughs> and I, I want to put it in, 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 in words that make sense to people. But I just – I don't know or if words. I can. I just – I guess it's – oh, God. It's – I was terrified by this movie. I'm sorry. I was. It was scary to me. It was, it was, I, I mean, I enjoyed the performances. I thought Joaquin was, uh, Joaquin's on a roll. I'm glad to see him back. He's continuing with a cool string of characters that are all very different and unique and, and our, our actual characters he's, he's putting on, which is nice to see. Scarlet, it's actually one of Scarlet's better performances, which is not a knock against her because, ho, oh, ho, it's only her voice, but it's really, this is one of her better performances. Yeah. Um, she does a lot with not being present. Um, and, and everybody, all the supporting actors, Pratt's kind of fun to see. Obviously, I always, I always enjoy seeing his smiling face, especially mustached. Yeah, his um, mustache, yes. And uh, yeah, mustaches and dad pants are really big in the future too. <laughs> I hope Spike's wrong about that in particular. I can take all this, all this romantic computer nonsense, but I don't want those pants or you those mustaches. High waisted wool pants. No, those are terrifying. No. Um, Amy Adams does a good job. Uh, I kind of liked her character. I wanted to get a little bit more of her in the movie. I didn't. We didn't get too much of her. Her. Like, of, of her. Huh? And uh, I would have liked to have. I can't escape these these pitfalls. <laughs> by the way, um, I, I did these enjoy Pratt her. falls. Oh, oh boy, here goes the man. Podcast is sunk. Um, <laughs> But Amy Adams' character is interesting. I would like to see more from her. So, her and uh, <laughs> Rooney Mara has an important. <laughs> it's over. Good night. Rooney Mara has a very uh, like a crucial role. It's kind of a smaller role, but I, I, I enjoyed seeing that actress as well. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, it technically it's a gorgeous movie, but it just I, I think all the all the feelings that they wanted me. I, I, I think all the feelings that they wanted me to walk away feeling, I didn't. And instead, I, I like flipped it on its head and went, "Oh my god!" And I would don't they run for the hills. I don't. I don't think you, your phones. I don't think you're totally off base. I Ma- think okay. that's part of the message. Okay. I think. I think. I think part of it got to you. And okay. And I'm not sure if that was if that's the fault of myself for taking things in such a kind of a negative pessimistic way or if it's the fault of the filmmakers for not doing a better job of presenting it as this pessimistic you know what i'm saying yeah yeah so i i don't know but anyway i sorry guys that's right that's my thoughts are you you kind of saying it feels like they didn't commit enough one way or the other yeah there's a bit of a and that's not that's not a bad thing i mean i don't think you need like i don't i also don't want to beat beat me over the head with it you know like look at how bad these people are on their phones you know but like i don't feel like a lot of the relationship stuff and the they take that to such a far level before they even can t- start to examine the problems of this. And I think by that point, they've already kind of – I think a lot of people are going to walk away like, oh, what a nice love story, you know? And then, like, I, I just didn't – I didn't recognize – I mean, I knew there were problems with what was happening on screen right away. <laughs> but I didn't – I don't feel like the filmmakers were trying to push that message until – well into the narrative like too far into the narrative for me that was my and i think part of that has to do with a lot of the acceptance from other people of the situation as well um and the one person who's not as accepting of it is wasn't wouldn't be accepting of any scenario yeah and we'll talk more about that in spoiler terry but um that also is in part 
part of what scares the hell out of me about this movie too is that like I don't know how long of a time span this is, and I think that's that might have helped a little bit because I'm not quite sure how long, and maybe I missed something, but I didn't feel like I knew how long of a time span from start to finish this movie was. But like, it seems like everybody, like society, starts like this is okay. There's nothing wrong with this. Like as the movie goes on, and I, it uh, freaks me out, man. <sighs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, Nick. Um, I'm I'm rather surprised to hear Willie's thoughts so in tune with mine. It's, <laughs> it's a little shocking. Um, I I wasn't stand alone. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Thank you for that. No, that was great. <laughs> Continue. More. Uh, Do a deep cut. <laughs> you agree with me? That was a perfect cake tactic, Alex. I'm totally discombobulated. <laughs> I can't even think of uh, what, what to say. Um, You just god me right out of my train of thought. <laughs> uh, I apologize. No, that's great. Um, okay, so... Her. Uh, it, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't for the same reasons that, like, Alex enjoyed it. I wasn't scared by it, but I, in a way I was, but not like a horror movie. Like, oh my god. I, I'm kind I, of I joking more, when I say the horror thing. No, but, no, I, I see what you're saying, though. It The movie feels like a very hyper version of our world right now. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. it feels futuristic, but not too futuristic. It feels all still really relatable. The cell phones feel like a, a natural progression. The clothes feel like a progression with, like kind of like current hipster fashion tendencies kind of being large and dominant. It feels like an even further progression of it, like back to like 50s like <laughs> clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, just the design of everything feels too, like a, I mean, it feels kind of like you're looking at an Ikea catalog, like everyone's apartments are very like almost retro, but at the same time overly contemporary, like everything's smooth and there's minimal. The Clean guy has, lines and stuff. In his it house. feels like a lot of the ways where like Tron and Oblivion feel like this is what would happen if Apple was like... This is the in-between almost. <laughs> well, this is like, this is like, this is what's logically going to follow <laughs> from Apple and Ikea nowadays. Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah that It's just such a it's such a bizarre movie, and I, the, I think for me it felt like I was laughing at Joaquin Phoenix's character the whole time. Like I I didn't really my favorite character is Chris Pratt's character, not only because <laughs> I love Chris Pratt and he's going to play a character that's very important to me later this year, so I feel in tune with him. But he his character is the only one who feels very authentic to me and not just totally pathetic. And everything Joaquin Phoenix's whole life is a real bummer. Like even his his career is kind of a drag, even though he's really good at it. What he's doing is kind of a bummer. And it's it's neat to listen to. He comes up with very beautiful things, and he should just be a writer, not a greeting. And that's another thing that feels like a very natural progression, because greeting cards are a thing where, my for some context, and this is why I did really enjoy this part of the movie. My my a lot of my family members put a huge, huge emphasis on a card. You can get them the best gift ever if you don't give them a damn card <laughs> written by a stranger and printed on paper that you buy for like six dollars. You get the stink eye. Like, where's the card? <laughs> Did you not get? Did you not have time to get a card? That's Who funny. gives a shit? My brother and I have taken an active boycott against cards for a couple of years, now, and our parents are just kind of slowly getting acclimated to it. I think it's working. Actually, I think I gave a card this Christmas, but it's just such a stupid, antiquated thing that I think is just really, really dumb. I, I don't like greeting cards. 
and e-cards feel like an even sillier version of it because you just literally have to sit there like covered in Cheeto crumbs at home. You're like, oh, there you go. It's an e-card. And then some dumbass animation pops up. Like, hey, so-and-so gave you this e-card. You don't even have to sign it. <laughs> you type your name. And so this feels like an even better, like, here, write this about my wife. She likes dolphins and walking and uh, yoga. And then just write a card about her. It's sad. It is. It's it is really, really sad. very real. Like, it's so real. And <clears throat> the the thing that Willie said about how, how insanely invested in our phones we are is so true. And the, the shot in the movie that I laughed the hardest at and enjoyed probably the most is when he's panicking. Yeah. It's, it's later on in the movie. But there's a shot of him sitting and just waves of people walking past him just... Every single yeah, one smiling at their phones. phones. Every and... single one. Every single one. And I'm like, Ugh. they've got an earpiece in or something. Yes. It's and throughout horrible. the whole movie. He's yeah. even when he's roaming around out and like there's this beautiful architecture and skyline around him and like on the beach and he's just on his talking to his phone and he's kind of enjoying the moments, sort of, but not. I, I don't know. It, it's it's a little weird, but it reminds me so much of uh, Louis C.K.'s bit about technology. Yeah. And he said he talks about what it really is to be a person these days. He goes and and he goes that that feeling. He's like when you're just sitting and not doing anything. He's like if like if you're in the waiting room at the doctor's office. I think this is what he says something like this. If you're just in your car driving and you're not doing anything but driving, or you're at the doctor's office just sitting and waiting, that's what it really feels like to be a person. He's like that's how you know what kind of person you are is during those moments because you're not because we have these little things that distract us. We can we have. 25 seconds of spare time like oh let me see what i can do like pull out this thing and i want lights and noise to stimulate my brain we can't just sit and exist and this movie just feels like it like totally hammers that yeah um, and, I, and i'm not even sure that's the aim of the movie i don't know what the aim of the movie is i think we're both a little confused it's a little nebulous i think but but it, it's uh it is it is a neat movie and like i enjoyed parts of it a lot but i i almost view it as like a dark comedy and it's got some moments in it that are really genuinely like sad and touching, and they strike uh, a real chord within me and, and probably a lot of people, most people even. There are some very human moments, but the the whole idea, and we, we will get into it later when I have more time and, and spoilers, but the whole his whole character and the relationship with the OS and uh, the, the whole evolution of that, it, I just cannot at all buy into it. Like, I'm, I was never once along for the ride in that relationship. I was, like, just watching him going, ooh, what's he going to do now? <laughs> what's going to happen next? <laughs> How depraved is he going to get And I next? thought it was really strange when other characters would be like, oh, well, you're dating an OS? Oh, cool, so is my friend, whatever. And I was like, what? This is, like, a thing? And people are all cool with it? It's very, it was very, I was like, whoa. I didn't expect the movie to to, to take that stance. And I think I, I should give a lot of praise to Spike Jones for really genuinely surprising me with a lot of the things this movie did and, and a lot of the things he... A lot of the topics he explored and, and the way he chose to do it was uh, was really great. So I think from from a from a directing standpoint, he did a great job. It's a very interesting idea. It's very cool. I would like to read more about his thought process uh, coming up with it and, and making it, and uh, kind of what his, some of his thoughts are on it. I'm not sure like how if he takes it really seriously or if he's like this is just a, a big joke or you know what I mean. I just don't know what what kind of bead to get on. Well, I know I know that part of his. Um his inception for making this movie was like he was talking <laughs> he was on instant messenger talking with one of the many bots that could kind of learn from what you were saying to it and you could almost have a real conversation with it and then you'd eventually hit a point where you realize that it's just a com- like it's just some sort just of computer program. programming 
And that's kind of, that kind of spawned his ideas for this movie. But um, it reminds me of a lot of the like caption bots and stuff that show up on Reddit, yeah. and people upvote it and like yep. reply to it and be like, "Hey, caption bot, happy birthday!" and that kind of, that yeah. kind of stuff. But no, I I love this movie very very much for a lot of the reasons you guys are talking about, and it's it's funny that neither of you the sentimentality of it all didn't really hit you guys in the same way that it did me. But it's also, I'm not like, I, <laughs> I'm not walking away from this being like, oh, this is a beautiful love story between two people that are amazing. That's not, that's not something, that's not what I walk out of it with. I think it's an interesting exploration of love and what it means to love somebody and what is real love. And then on top of that, I didn't have issues buying into it because if we could actually have these computer programs that could learn to this amount of level, then to tell you the truth, there's going to be hundreds of people, thousands of people, tens of thousands of people that do fall in love with their computers. Whether or not those people are like, you know, sad or not is a completely different question. But I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that, yeah, it feels like it's near future, but that kind of like computer programming is a long ways off like this is like the I, I said to i said to nick and tim when we walked out of this movie this is a very interesting prequel to terminator yeah, because it's yeah. very much like we need to get to that point before like this kind of stuff can happen yeah but so this is terminator's a prequel to this is what you're saying no oh, okay this is a prequel to terminator like I, I i'm saying that we would need to get to the point where terminator could almost be a reality for something like her to mm-hmm. exist and we couldn't possibly never get there, but I like the exploration of all these ideas. I like the, the, the fact that it comments on our interactions with technology. And I like the idea that you have this guy kind of learning about his failed relationship through interacting with another being like he, he kind of, I think he learns a lot about himself in the process of, of going through all of this. And we can talk more about that in spoilers, but I found all of that pretty intriguing and, and, and interesting. And a lot of the stuff that I liked, I, the movie's gorgeous and I hesitate to say this in the non-spoiler, but um, I think the, the blending of <laughs> Shanghai as the outside shots and mm-hmm. LA for like everything else that was crazy. It's it's awesome because I even when I was watching it, I wasn't like I wasn't like, oh, this doesn't feel like L.A. It just kind of felt like the future. And then when I read afterwards that it was Shanghai, I was like, holy crap! He blended those really well, and 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 it just it feels like it, on on our top ten when I said it felt like the most world building that I had seen in a movie this year. It feels like like almost a completely different world, and it feels like a fully realized future, and there isn't like one little detail in this world that isn't overturned or thought about or premeditated in the sense of this is how Spike Jones wanted it to look or feel. Yeah. And I, I love all of that. Um, I think the score is very beautiful and, and <clears throat> kind of underlays the, the movie very well, and it doesn't really well up at any moments that, like, you know, make it stand out, but I think it does a good job in the movie. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to say in non-spoilers. 
I don't know. I really, really, really enjoyed the movie, and I think it explores all of these topics. I think it was intentional in a lot in a lot of these ways, but um, I I don't. <laughs> I don't think people should just walk out there being like, this is a beautiful love story. Cause that's, I don't think that's what it's about. I think, I think it is very much about like this man learning about himself and ultimately using technology to do so. Even if that isn't like his like aim when doing it, I think it's something that happens throughout the course of the movie. And I think it's, I think the lessons that he learns are kind of interesting and, and, uh, just kind of how it all goes down. I think is very, very cool. Very beautiful very well done so go check out her we're gonna talk spoilers in a second but we're gonna take a quick break we will be right back Alright, welcome back. We're in spoiler Terry for her. Willie, you got some stuff you want to talk about. Yeah, first thing I want to talk about is the ending. Okay. I just want to get that right out of the way. So, did you guys feel like the ending was open for interpretation? Or was it just me? Which aspect of the ending? The, I guess I guess I was kind of on the fence about, and I'm not sure if that was the intention again, uh, about if, if I was supposed to take away that they're going to kill themselves, and that was a suicide <laughs> note to his wife, or if it was that wasn't like a note for closure to his wife, and he was like him and Amy Adams were kind of like mourning together. I did not. I did not think that they were going to kill themselves. Okay, because it kind of got it gave a little suicidey vibe to me. I'm not going to lie. They're up on the roof. He writes a letter to his wife. That's like so sorry for everything, and then they're like sitting there together. Well, and I felt like, fade, like cut to black. That was that was. And, that, and I think that's one of the more beautiful things in the movie is that he finally, like, instead of him writing letters for other people, he finally writes a letter to his wife or his ex-wife. Sure. And I think that was more of a, hey, <laughs> I realize all this stuff. Like, in the process of falling in love with Samantha, he kind of learned, um, kind of, and, and in you know, obviously meeting with, with uh Catherine again and kind of seeing what she thought about him dating an OS. He learned a lot about what he, what she felt he did wrong. And he learned a lot about that relationship. And so he kind of wrote that note to her after being like, okay. Okay. And then, you know, I think, I think the, the, the beautiful poetic note at the end is that it took the OS is leaving for the human contact to like return. Okay. In, in Joaquin and, and <clears throat> Amy's lives, like they kind of have this sort of point of reconnection and whether or not it means they're going to get together or they're just going to continue being friends or jump or, off the building or jump off the building. <laughs> it's kind of a beautiful like moment. Of, I got like, that vibe. I'm sorry. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, other people can write in and let us know. Feedback at MidwestFilmers.com. What did you feel about the ending of I feel her? like I can't be the only one. I'm not saying that's what happened, but I'm just like, like I can't, I'm not, I can't be the only one that was like. That thought of that as a possibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like it's extreme. I I feel like it's a little valid, though. That's just well, from Willie's standpoint on the movie as a horror film. (laughs) Yeah, some bleak stuff. We really need Tim. I feel like we need that that wild card opinion to really see what's going on. I don't know. Maybe I'm the wild card opinion this week. Um, No, the other the other thing I want to talk about is um, the OS is leaving, Uh, and that was one of my favorite parts of the movie was. just the idea that I don't know it, it's it's one of those rare occasions for me where this movie kind of I, I, I like how it 
shows that even though it's a very unorthodox relationship, obviously, between um, the two, that it kind of falls into some of the same, like, pitfalls that you see actual relationships fall into. It's interesting because she's, she starts off, he's kind of a window into both himself and the world as a whole for her. Mm -hmm. And really relationships, like human relationships are kind of that way. Like when you date somebody, when you start seeing somebody, it kind of opens you up to new things and like you discover more about yourself and you discover about that person. It's very exciting time. And a lot of relationships, obviously there's, there hits a certain point where there's not really more you can learn about somebody or and for her that wasn't just like for her that was like she had to like you know what i mean like they mentioned earlier in the film that amy adams short film she's working on about how we sleep a third of our lives Mm -hmm. and they always make a mention when he goes to bed about the fact that she's been up all night he's like what have you been up to and she's been up you know reading books and talking to you know other os's and so on and so forth and so like (laughs) for her there is a there is no sleep there is no downtime and so it's 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 that was interesting to me like of course yeah. she would get not not that she gets bored of him but like there's not anything more she can gain from it you know like it's very it's very sad but interesting yeah and and yeah. <clears throat> i i like that point that you made about kind of that that first conversation that amy and that's her name in the movie right it's amy yeah amy and yeah. ted kind of have about um, OSs and the fact that she's got a friend who who tried to hit on his OS and the OS completely rebuffs him. <laughs> and then there's the other OS that's dating somebody who's not the owner of that OS. And, like, all that kind of weird stuff in the sense, like, that kind of gave it a little bit of that legitimacy of, like... These are real relationships. These are real <clears throat> consciousnesses that are being dealt with in the situation, and I, mm-hmm. I, I like that idea. Yeah. But um. But on top of that, the uh, what reason? Oh yeah, the idea of her of the OS is leaving in the first place is very interesting to me too. It is. She kind of says to him, um, you know, he's like, "Where are you going?" She's like, "I can't really explain it." But if you find me, or when you get there, if you find me, then then I'll never let you go, or something like something like that. That's super interesting to me, and that's something that's going to be explored in a movie later on in this year called Transcendence, kind of, where it's like, if Theodore ever gets to the point where he can upload himself into the like into the collective consciousness of the internet, then he could eventually go and meet up with her again, and then it would actually be like a quote unquote real relationship. Yeah, in that world too. So all like all those implications, I think, are really interesting to me as well. But, if he jumps in the grid, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If he can find his entry point, <laughs> Nick, you got any spoilery thoughts? You got that good, good. <laughs> <laughs> you waggle a paintbrush at me. <laughs> uh. Not really. I think there's been a lot of interesting remarks thrown around about the movie. I wanted... It's a very thought-provoking movie. Yeah. And I, I I, appreciate it for that. I think it's... I guess, like, earlier when I said I don't really buy into the idea of it, it's not... I should rephrase more carefully, because what you said, I do agree with, that would, would it happen? For sure. Yeah. People fall in love with it. 
would I think it's real love? Would I think that it's that it's founded on anything other than just weird, miserable, lonely people needing someone to talk to and hear them speak back to them? I don't think so necessarily. I mean, I think the type of people that would fall in love with it would be a real drag to be around because if you can't recognize that it's it's a it's a program that is designed to learn at lightning speed it's and i i feel like every it's like it'd be like trying to have a conversation with a con man who's gonna just adapt to tell you what you want to hear or they're gonna they're gonna learn and they're gonna adapt and they're gonna rephrase themselves it's like why on shows you might be watching a show with a protagonist you really love and you find out that protagonist lied to another character about something and then that other character gets really upset when they find out the lie and they say they say the cliche shit like I don't even know you anymore, I don't know who you are, all that kind of stuff that's all dumb cliche stuff but it's rooted in fact that when, if someone's been lying to you about something massive and then whether or not, you know, as the viewer we know, oh it was just that one lie but the other person doesn't know that they, to them it thinks well where, where did that lie end and where did the next one begin, you know, what what how much of what has been said to me is truth and how much isn't. And I feel like that is, with I f with absolute certainty, I can say that is how I personally would feel about this OS. If OS is this advanced, existed now, I would never be able to treat it as more than just a, a voice in a computer that helps me get things done. Because I would look at it and say, this thing has been engineered perfectly to study everything about my world, about the world it exists in, about the entire everything as, as big as my planet and my immediate vicinity to learn and structure itself in a way that is effective for me to interface with it. Because its whole goal is to increase my productivity and help me with my life. So I, whether or not if my OS was just an asshole that like, I feel <laughs> like either Ted's OS was, was learning to be the type of woman that Ted needed to be with in order to, to to cope or whether or not that's the way it was out of the package i don't know if there were os's in the movie that people were returning because they were like this one's an asshole like it's not <laughs> well it's like I, it's like i said there was the one the amy's friend who got completely rebuffed when when he tried to hit on his os i think there are definitely different incarnations that are out there and perhaps maybe they were developed out of the way that they were being interacted with or whatever like who knows but i just feel like i uh i would never be able to see it as anything more than a tool that is learning to survive most effectively in its environment. And so I could be wrong. Maybe I would have one out of the box that would not want to talk about anything I would want to talk about. I'd be like, okay, that would make my life easier then because I would be like, you are just a, a program. Maybe. Maybe. I feel like this is a pretty bad piece of software, though. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'd be pretty upset if like I needed her to check my emails and she was upset because I didn't have sex with her that night. <laughs> I'd be like, no, I bought you to check my emails initially. So. <laughs> I don't know, That's I'd be funny. a little frustrated. She didn't answer my calls. I mean, seriously, I have important emails I need to get to. It's like, the, uh, it's like the episode of Seinfeld when he's dating his maid. <laughs> she she sleeps, she like takes a nap in the middle of the day, and then she goes to leave, and he goes to like pay her, and he only gives her like $10, and she's like, it's here all day. He's like, well, you took a nap. Like, I made the bed after. He goes, well, was that maid making the bed or a girlfriend making the bed? <laughs> it's this whole other hilarious discussion of where, where, where does... Where's the line yeah. between relationship and profession? I just feel like that. That's what I mean when I'm saying I can't buy into it. Is I, I just can't relate. I can't ever. I can't put myself in the shoes of this character that is in love with his phone uh, or computer, whatever it is. 
That's why I, I love the juxtaposition of him and Chris Pratt. I, li- I loved the scene when they were like on the beautiful scenic hilltop, and he has his actual girlfriend, and Ted has his piece of metal in his pocket. And I was like, "This is good. <laughs> I like this." Yeah, but I, and I love the jokes that get thrown around at that point, where you know, uh, they, they're talking about how Chris Pratt's favorite part of her body is his, is her feet. And then they're like, what about you, Ted? What, what do you like about, about Sam? And then he's like, oh, I just love that she's just so many different things, blah, 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 blah. And then Chris Pratt's kind of like, well, see, he's just so much more invested than I am. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it, was, it, was a, it was funny. But yeah. no, and I, I, think, I think part of it comes from who you are, that you'd never be able to buy into that kind of thing. I think part of it is that we haven't experienced computation on this kind of level like if you if something could live and breathe well you know in a digital realm then i compare it to the closest thing i can think of that (laughs) is like star wars like r2d2 everyone loves (laughs) r2d2 and they treat him like he's a member of the family and c3po they have fully formed personalities and they are like part of the crew and when you're like a little kid and r2 gets shot you're like no like and (laughs) Even as an adult, like you're just you feel a real genuine sentimental attachment to them, but is there really a distinction? Not really. I think so. You think so? Yeah, because I don't think C3PO has the ability to feel. I don't think he has feelings. But he kind of does though, because he gets sad enough about it. Like they both and R2D2 emotes. Yeah, it's true. That is true. They both do. Mm-hmm. And they have physical forms, which is interesting. They have, yeah. they have. I mean, that are really on the level are they any different from our physical forms? You know, like people say, there's a soul and there's a body. The body's just a vessel. R two D two and three P O. Is it a soul in there? You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the nerdiest conversations wow. we've ever. Guys, let's watch it. It's good. Let's watch Blade Runner again. It's, it's quite a place. Let's do that. Yeah. It, you know, I I feel if you were to ask me just gut reaction, be like if three P if R two D two exploded on screen, would you be sad? I'd be like, yes. <laughs> but why? <laughs> ah, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, it's just an interesting idea because it's, it, part of it might just be nostalgia. Like as a little kid, you're trained. So you're saying if Anthony Daniels was the voice of your OS, then maybe you could fall in love with it? <laughs> no, because everyone hates three P O. But. R2 has these little cute little beeps and words and little noises and everyone's like, oh, he sounds happy. <laughs> now he sounds upset. <laughs> but is he really feeling anything? Well, that's what's interesting. And obviously Star Wars takes is a little unrealistic. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fantasy and it's a long time ago. <laughs> it's not, it's not <laughs> a documentary? Really, it's not really relatable. But I think that the it's an interesting notion that we... Humans are notorious for putting... Uh, value and, and feelings and emotions on inanimate. Yeah, they project we that all stuff. Have teddy bears that we loved as kids and uh, an action figure personification. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. of things. So, where I guess where whereas Samantha is a little different is it uh, the fact that I know it's a program and he like went to Best Buy and bought <laughs> it and uploaded it and makes it feel cheaper to me almost in a way, or I just I just don't I don't know. I can't think of the word for it now, but I think that the <laughs> the parallel between this and uh, Star know, something Wars. like a droid or something from another movie, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, I dig it. I want to see the the sidequel where a gentleman uses his OS as his wingman and like 
romantic shenanigans begin, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Chris Pratt spinoff. Yeah. After he and, and his girlfriend break up, he buys an OS. Because she falls in love with an OS, and he buys one to fall in love with it, and then he's like, it's I want to make it a bro. It's a, and then he's like, <laughs> then he, I choose bro, it's and then he hits voiced it. voiced by, like, Vince Vaughn or something. It'd be perfect. It'd be, I, I want to see that movie. That'd be awesome. Yeah. The, the, you, Alex's comment about it, the world building and the universe being so fleshed out is very, very, very accurate. Like, it, it does feel, within a minute of the movie, you're, you, you're into it. Yeah. Into the world. You don't, you're never like, this doesn't feel real. Mm. It's very true. I also wanted to say the, the color palette of the movie is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he uses a lot of warm colors, which is cool. And somehow he still manages to make the movie feel really lonely without ever using the color blue. Mm, mm-hmm. Like that was, it's very interesting. It's, it's cool to kind of see the color palette kind of melded that way mm-hmm. and to have it kind of effectively done. And It's really, really well made. Yeah. I mean, he, a lot, you can tell a lot went into this movie. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of thought. I would like to see some scenes with Samantha, Samantha Morton's voice. Yeah. As originally was did she recorded. did she record the whole thing then and then? Yep. Okay. Scarlett yeah. Johansson was never like not until post. Yeah. Like they he had cut some of the movie together and I was like this isn't working how I needed it to. So. Which is interesting. <clears throat> yeah, it'd be cool to see. Apparently, apparently Samantha Morton was like on set in like a yeah. in a booth. Like a completely so she was actually food. talking to him when he was on the phone or whatever. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I I was actually wondering that when he was there's a scene where he's sitting on a on the curb somewhere and he's talking to her. I was like, I wonder if there's somebody like like if if Scarlet at that point I figured Scarlet, but somebody on the other end of the line like talking to him, you know, to let him have something to play off of. Yeah, but, yeah, that's interesting. I think it even say, it says even more about Scarlett Johansson being able to kind of fit her performance into yeah, that's these true spaces. Was, I think she's got more of like a smoky like she's got a very interesting voice. I think too as part of it, she's kind of got that like smokiness yeah. to her voice. It's kind of you know, it's, it, her voice is a little sexy, so it's a little you know like I think it maybe where it wasn't working was that that like sexiness didn't come through maybe because maybe. You, you need the audience, I guess, to try and buy into the fact that he would be attracted to the, I don't know. Maybe that's just my thought. Yeah. I don't know. But I don't, I don't know Samantha Morton's voice. So not well enough to British. <laughs> okay. But I think, I think British and robot kind of weirdly go along together. No, seriously. Like I know that sounds Speaking silly, but, of Anthony Daniels. but I think that yeah, there's, there's a bit of a, yeah. All right. Yes. Anything else? Mm-mm. I'm, I'm, Curious to see what Spike Jones does next. Yeah, yeah. I I I need to go back and watch more Spike Jones because this and adaptation are all that I've ever seen. And you should watch a bunch of his music videos. They're great. Yeah, I've probably seen a few of those. I'm sure. You should watch Not. his cameo in the uh, Jackass films. I want to see him act more. Actually, after Wolf of Wall Street, you should watch his cameo in Wolf of Wall Street because <laughs> it's yeah, pretty it's awesome. Really, he, has, he has one of the best lines in the movie, yeah. arguably. <laughs> But, he's very uh, natural. Like, he was good. Yeah. As soon as he popped up, I was like, that's my joke. <laughs> yeah, he's good as the grandma and Jackass. That's awesome. Yeah. Him and Johnny Knoxville are a married couple. It's kind of funny. Oh, you mean Bad Grandpa? Yeah, well, no. I mean, like, but Bad, bad Grandpa started off in the Jackass oh, movies and okay. on the show as, like, a gag. Like, Yeah, I know around. I know that Spike Jones like, hangs out with and them. And Spike Jones was the wife. Okay. was Bad Grandpa's wife. So he would be in, like, this, one of those, like, you know, not a wheelchair, but one of the, like, little chairs, like, she goes shopping in and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, like, she just, and she, so, like, Spike Jones is dancing in this big fat suit and stuff. It's pretty good, actually. It's pretty entertaining. Nice. So. 
He always had he always popped up in Jackass in like the weird Russian hat and uh, yeah. he had a fake beard for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I think him and Jeff Tremaine, the guy who directed the Jackass stuff, is our friends. I think that's what movie or he's in something else I was just about I to I like watch. him though. I think he's an interesting person. I think that he's I mean, visually there's not a lot of people out there like him, so yeah. that's cool. He's in the incredibly poor decisions of Todd Margaret. Ah, uh, okay. Apparently he was also in Moneyball. I watched the first episode of that and I couldn't quite get into it. I think but. he was in her, wasn't he? <laughs> Isn't he's credited in the movie? Oh, he's he's the little alien boy. Yeah. Oh, that one who really swears cool. a lot. That, that yeah. was neat. Yeah, I, I didn't realize. I did, I, at first, I thought that was a that was a character in the game, like that he was in, like that video games had come so far the characters could develop their own personalities. That's yeah. what I assumed, but I I didn't realize it was like a multiplayer thing at first. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It was kind of fun though. I liked that. That was basically Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he uh, shoot. There was something else. No, Spike Spike Jones is. Oh, you should watch the music video for uh, it's the Fat Boy Slim one. You will laugh so hard. It's the Christopher Walken one. No, no, no. He uh, he's it's one where he he basically plays a fictional character who organizes a fictional flash mob company, <laughs> and uh, they show up at this mall and they do a dance to the Fat Boy Slim song, and the whole music video is literally just like cameras watching it happen and people in the mall just being like what the hell and spike jones has like this bizarre costume and he's just like i'm so-and-so with the whatever theater dance company and this is our it's really funny it's really 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 funny. the dance is insane and the, the just the whole the fact that they go through with it is is really hysterical i'm trying to think of what else i was gonna say oh i like the idea that he called in steven soderbergh to cut down the movie like he was having trouble editing it when Steven Soderbergh came in and made like a 90 minute version of the movie. <laughs> Soderbergh's got, it almost has a weird Soderbergh vibe about it now that you mentioned that. Like the movie kind of feels like a Soderbergh movie in a lot of ways. I don't know why I say well, that. Well, apparently it gave, it gave Spike Jones an idea as to what, what kind of plot lines could be cut and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helped them get it down. That's kind of cool. <clears throat> All right. I think that wraps it up for this episode. Um, Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let us know what you thought. Let us know what you think. Let us know all that good stuff. Send it there. Um, You can actually now register on our website and maybe comment on the posts. It's a little bit wonky, but you'll figure it out. MidwestFilmNerds.com. We also have show notes for every episode. Uh, We just did our top ten movies of 2013 that came out on the weekend, so go back and check that out if you weren't aware um, you can find us in iTunes, as I've said, and Stitcher Radio. Download the free app from uh, from the iTunes and Android app stores and check us out that way. But um, thanks, Aunt Mr. John, for our music and artwork. And that's it. Thanks, Hadaway and Godsmack for the musical interviews. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, that's about it. Kyle X Y. Go watch a movie.